Good morning. God bless you. And thank you so much for joining us again. You know, sometimes when people hear me say good morning, they may be watching this and it's not morning where they are, or they watch it archived perhaps and watching all of them, it's going to say good morning, no matter when you watch it again or, uh, but anyway, I'm sorry, it's morning here. All right. And some of us, all we can think about is that it's morning because it's still dark outside and we're doing this before we get our day started. And so I want to thank all of you again who have come. You know, it's so much easier to teach with a live audience uh, rather than just, you know, getting in front of a camera and faking it like there's people there with a little rolling laughter or clapping, although you guys don't clap too much or rolling. I guess it's not been that, that wonderful, huh? Maybe you're just in awe. At least you're awake. And also, I want to welcome all those that are listening this morning out in our parking lot. I understand our crowds are growing over our little FM broadcast out in our parking lot. More and more people coming and stopping by before they go to work. They got a few minutes, they pull in. We call it turn in and tune in. And thank you guys for clicking on this morning and joining with us today. We're continuing our 30 steps to success in life. And as we've said before, I'll say it again, uh, these 30 steps are not designed to make you successful in 30 days. However, they will begin to bring success into your life, even as you apply one or two of these things. You might run across during these 30 days, during these 30 steps, you might actually run across a single element that has been missing to this puzzle of your life. And that one thing could catapult you into some real success in the endeavor that you are currently involved in. So as we begin again, I'll, I'll go through these 30 steps thus far. We're at number 24 today. And so as we go through these steps, uh, just keep in mind that you need to continue to go over them and over them and over them, rehearse them, get back on the internet, archive those and, 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 you know, remember, make a list of what they are. Uh, of course, the first one was dream unleash, unleashing your imagination. Now your imagination can work for you or it can work against you. Depends on what the motivation and the inspiration of your imagination is. Do you know if your motive, if the motivation of your dream is only to fulfill your carnal appetites, then you could end your, you know, end your life having climbed a ladder and find out that it's leaning against the wrong building. You know, you could, you could, uh, gain the whole world and yet lose your soul. So it's very important that you understand just gain for itself, increase for itself, gain, just, just, that's not, that's not going to satisfy neither on this life or eternal. If wealth and success would satisfy, then people like Elvis Presley and people like Janis Joplin and many others that we know, they would probably still be alive. But you see, wealth and success, fame and fortune, they do not satisfy in this life or the life to come because you can't take it with you. The motivation for your success, the inspiration for your success, the reason why you're doing what you do is what satisfies us. When we achieve something that fulfills our soul, that satisfies our soul, that brings to us that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance because we're engaged in a God thing because it's God that is inspiring our imagination and we are on our way to a place that he wants us to go so that along the way we are adding the elements to our life, elements that make us more like Christ, elements that make us, of course, more successful, but they also make us more at peace and they fill us with joy because we see ourselves coming more and more into the image of someone that we admire and not someone 
someone that we have to struggle with all the time, knowing that, that this old man is trying to get up out of the grave. Dream, and then meditate on the dream, and then declare the dream. And then we began to add, after we began our pursuit, we began to add these elements to our life. You remember we talked about relationship and presentation, about participation, about character, that charisma may get it for you. Maybe, maybe Elvis Presley's charisma got it for him, but you know, it's... It's how we live our life, who we really are, what fulfills us, the character that keeps it for us. And then we talked about humility, endurance, kindness, candidness, influence, faithfulness. Oh, how important faithfulness. We also talked about uh, flexibility, perspective, confidence. We talked about meekness. We talked about routinization of our life, being normal, adding some normal elements to our life. Joseph's life was anything but normal, but he tried to stabilize his life by adding routine to his life. And then we talked about the power of being articulate, to articulate, to speak the language of your listeners. If you aren't speaking the language of your listeners, then the apostle Paul said it would be like getting up in front of a whole crowd of people and speaking in tongues. Nobody understands and everybody just thinks that you're a barbarian. Everybody, you know, if, if, if the way you are communicating is not communicating, you need to change the way you're communicating, right? Be articulate. Speak the language of your listeners in a clear and understandable way so that you're not being mistaken. It's bad enough to be understood, let alone misunderstood. And then we talked about as well, plan. How important it is to plan the work. To plan the scope of work. God orders our steps, but we are responsible to, to have some type of idea what it is we're going to do before we go and do it. Plan the work. And then we talk next about working the plan. How important it is to stick with the plan. Stick with the plan. You know, if you get a plan to do anything, then it's important that as long as that plan is in force, that you stick with the plan. We just had a booth out at out at uh, our, our state fair, the, the, the South Texas State Fair here. And the booth was an evangelistic booth. And the people who worked that booth, when they stuck with the plan, they found success. When they didn't stick with the plan, they didn't find the same level of success. We had some groups go out there, and in an all-day activity, they would, they would um, only, uh, only contact a handful of people, and we only saw just a very few salvations. We had another group of people that went out there on a day, just like any other day, and they worked the plan. We gave them a plan. They actually worked the plan. And in working the plan, do you know they talked to a large number of people? They, were, they, they worked the plan. They did what the, what the plan said do. And they saw 100 people make first-time decisions for Jesus Christ in the same period of time that other people saw you know, maybe 20% of that occur on their shift. Now, that's the difference between working a plan and, and just having a plan and kind of hit and miss. The Bible says the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. What does that mean? That means that people who continue to keep it in their mind that they have to be diligent. We have to work the plan. It's like somebody who changes oil in their car. Everybody knows you need to change the oil in your car at set periods of time. But have you ever met somebody that didn't pay attention to that? They didn't work the plan, even though the plan is well known. They get down the road somewhere and it costs 
cost them $1,000 to fix the problem that could have been avoided if they had just worked the plan. There are certain laws of life. Do you know if you have a marriage, you need to take care of that. What you did to get that guy or get that girl is pretty much what you need to do to keep them. Amen? That's the way it works. You need to make sure that you continue paying attention to your spouse. And you need to make sure that you work the plan. Okay? You know, you need to, need to make sure, you know, God's word says that, that husbands love your wife, wives. Uh, that's not plural, I don't think, by the way. Husbands love you, is it? Husbands love you. We'll, we'll, we'll do the singular version. This is the Ron Hammers version. Husband, love your wife. Wife, see that you respect your husband. Now, don't work the plan, and I promise you, don't work the plan of God. You will have troubles that the plan can fix. The plan can fix. You see, we don't just plan. We work the plan. And also, there, we, we talked about being attentive, the art of paying attention to things going on around you. Then we talked about being restrained, the element of restraint, to not just let fly everything you know. Joseph, in his life, one of the things he did is he continued to come before his brothers. In fact, one of his brothers, Simeon, was in jail. He put him in jail, in prison, right in the same city that Joseph lived in. We don't know exactly how long he stayed there, but it could have been anywhere from a few months upwards to a year, maybe even two. And there Simeon was, was you know, just, just sitting there, and there's no indication there's every indication that Joseph never told him, I'm your brother. Never. He held back information. He withheld information. This morning, we may find out one reason, perhaps, why he did. However, we know that he restrained himself. He exercised self-control, and he didn't just blab and tell everything he knows. And that's what we need to do as well. Sometimes, if that seed opens up, prematurely or in the wrong place, you'll lose all the potential of what God has imagined you could do with that seed. Today, we're going to talk about this element, an element of struggle, wrestling with the inner conflicts of the soul, how important struggle is. You see, each one of us have an identity struggle from time to time. Who are we? Well, who do we want to be? You know, what kind of person are we going to end up being here? An identity struggle. Who are we? What are we doing? Uh, to be tempted, by the way, to be tempted as Joseph perhaps was, to be mean. He spoke roughly to his brothers, but to be mean to them, maybe even to imprison them for a long time, or perhaps even to, to, to ultimately give them great punishment for their uh, activities toward him. I'm certain he had some struggles through the years as to how he was going to feel. Am I going to be bitter? Am I going to let anger take control of me? Struggle. You see, struggle is necessary. It's a necessary conflict for us. It's a conflict of our soul from time and time. And it's necessary for us to work through some things. And we need to struggle. The Bible says that you need to watch out. The apostle Peter said that there was a devil and this devil is like a roaring lion. He's making a lot of noise and the noise he makes is often in your ears or in your mind. And the noise he makes is because he's trying to get you to the place where he can devour you. He's trying to get you to take the wrong fork in the road to make the wrong decision. And he'll do everything he can to try to sway you over to the dark side. And the Bible says, the apostle Paul said that our reaction, our action, our defense 
toward the devil winning is that we must wrestle and resist him. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We must wrestle. We must struggle. In fact, not only did Peter say that we needed to resist the devil, the apostle Paul said, that the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. The weapons of your warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, those imaginations that the devil wants you to imagine. Imagine what I could do to my brothers. Imagine what I could do. Imagine the vengeance I could exercise. Imagine that I could make them afraid. Imagine that I could, could, could make them pay. Imagine casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We're waiting on God to tell us what we do. That's what Joseph was doing. He was struggling. Do I do what I won't do? Do I do what I think about? Or do I do what God tells me the struggle when do I do it what do I do who am I going to become who am I in this story how do I come out in the end this struggle this identity struggle struggle is a part of the process you see Joseph did not at first know what he was going to do I believe that he was wrestling with the feelings he had feelings of betrayal and feelings of forgiveness what do I do what do I do struggle is not only what led to the change and the decision that Joseph made. But also struggle had changed his father's life. When his father wrestled and struggled with who he would be, with the angel, there the angel finally touching him and blessing him. He broke his hip and he blessed him at the same time. And God said to Joseph, or excuse me, to Jacob in that moment, I'm going to change your name to Israel. You have been conniving and deceptive, but you have wrestled and you have prevailed. And what you have prevailed to do is you have won even over your own temperament, over your own soul, over your own desires, over your own deception, over your own pursuits. You have prevailed and you are now a prince with God. You see, struggle's what changed Jacob and struggle is what Joseph is going through. And you and I struggle from season to season and we must be people who engage in the struggle of our soul, in the struggles of our mind, in the thoughts and the imaginations that want to cause us to act ungodly or perhaps to, to, to be tempted to the point to where we, you know, you know temp- to be tempted is not sin. Jesus was tempted in every manner like as we are, yet without sin. Temptation is not sin. Look at our focus scripture. Genesis 42, 7. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. You see, struggle is often a necessary step to success that we struggle to refine our thoughts and refine our desires, that we struggle to weed out the flesh, to weed out the, 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 the false, the bad, the evil imaginations, the temptations, the motivations that are not God in our life. You know, after I prepare a sermon, I often ask myself when I have it all done and ready, I often ask myself, why? So what? When I get to the conclusion, so what? Why? Why am I going to preach this? You know, and at times I have come up with less than a real godly reason. Sometimes it may have been because, you know, uh, uh, I wanted people to know how smart I was. You know, 
Those things have happened in my past. And I chunk it, man. If, it's, if it doesn't come out something that is godly, something that is motivated and inspired by God, some reasons that's bigger than just perhaps some petty personal or, 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 or I'll wad it up and chunk it in the trash. And often through that process, through that week of process, I'll come up with almost the same exact word from God, but out of a different motivation, out of a different heart. And that's what God is looking for, clean hands and a pure heart. You see, struggle, struggle. Even with ourselves, struggle is important. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. And the weapons of our warfare are meant primarily, if you'll read it, to be used against us. There is a war in your mind, and it's for your mind. Struggle in your mind. Struggle with your soul, as Joseph must have. He was restrained, and yet he struggled to know what will I do. And what finally broke through on Joseph was God. A God moment will settle your struggle. Let's make our confession this morning together. Are you ready? Let's make this strong today, our 24th time to do this together. Through Jesus, my Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. My spiritual eyes are being opened so that I can understand my calling, the wealth of my inheritance, and the kingdom power available to me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean or impure thought can captivate my mind. No sickness or disease has a right to my body. No unholy spirits can seduce or deceive me. The Word of God is my meditation and my answer. I commit myself to God. He causes my thoughts to become agreeable with His thoughts. Because of this, everything I put my hand to will prosper. God has a plan for my life. He will succeed, and I am going to participate. Let me ask you, excuse me, what inner conflicts are you avoiding? What is it that you have not settled in your life yet that every time you face it, it presents itself as a real temptation to sin? Who is it? What past betrayals? What past hurts and pains? What past lost dreams? What past failures do you avoid because you don't know how to press through these things? Let me encourage you, struggle through. Conflict, even the inner conflict of the soul, is often a very necessary step in the process of success. Settling things in your heart, putting them in God's perspective. You can take the Word of God. Do not allow evil spirits do not allow seducing spirits to defeat you to seduce you to deceive you struggle with the word of god the weapon of your warfare the sword of the spirit the word of god use that as your weapon of struggle battle the enemies of your mind battle the enemies of the soul don't give in to the dark side and don't Avoid the conflicts of life. We need to learn as Christians how to manage conflict and not just avoid it. Struggle is necessary. God bless you.